everybody. Welcome back to the Resistance Broadcast. We are the podcast of StarWarsNewsNet.com. See? Look. See? Wearing the shirt. People are listening. They're like, I don't see. Okay? I'm listening. <laughs> Just get on with it, John. Well, thanks for joining us. This is our discussion show. Lacey and James with me, as always. Uh, today's going to be a fun one because we're talking about a fun guy who's also very, very talented. Oscar winner Taika Waititi uh, getting to work pen to pad, fingers to typewriter keys, writing his script for his Star Wars movie. But we talked about it a little bit on Monday. We're going to get a little deeper on that and ask the question, is he exactly who star wars needs right now when it comes to the film side of things it's going to be a fun discussion i think we're going to have that uh a good time with that later um so how you guys doing what's going on you uh what are you getting into right now what's going on tell me about your lives Lacey. you have the house is uh is, is shaping up right yeah we got stuff happening in my house a lot going on at the house how's the um, ac how's the ac working for you uh glorious it's been very hot here so <laughs> it has been very hot it's it was like actually, 92 degrees yeah. today it's nice when it's so comfortable in your house that you forget how bad it is outside and then someone comes over and they're like oh my god it's the worst outside and you're like i don't know yeah i'm wearing a hoodie <laughs> exactly. and long pants because i like being cold <laughs> the crazy yeah the craziest thing is when you go outside like you feel comfortable inside your house and then you mm-hmm. go outside, it's 95 and you go back in, you're like, it is freezing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's interesting too. Like it's usually, usually in the summer, it's been abnormally hot, but you're inside and you feel comfortable, but maybe a little bit cold. So when you go outside, you're like, oh, it feels so nice outside. And you're out there for a few minutes. And then when you go back in, you're like, oh, it feels so yeah. nice inside. Yeah. 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 And right now we have like some listeners who like don't have any AC who live in like Arizona or something. They're like, hey, you guys. Arizona hey, was guys. the hottest I think I've ever experienced. It's I think, dry heat though, right? Yeah, but it's when it's that hot, it when does it's like not 120. <laughs> yeah. It really I did was. hot I yoga think I was once in and that was enough for me. 16. Hot yoga? Yeah, I did hot yoga once and it's like that dry, dry, like mm-hmm. you can... It's not humid. It's like you can breathe it in, though. Like, it's so hot. It's mm. Yeah, it's like yoga, but in a sauna, sort of. Right, right. right. It's miserable. Never again. It was like hell Is there cold yoga? No. There's, there's cold regular, baths. It's regular that, like, yoga and hot yoga. Do. Those cryo There's just baths. regular and hot yoga, yeah. Regular and hot. I'm going to invent cold yoga. Nobody wants to do yoga cold. Yeah, you guys sound Maybe. like that Be- because scene your from the movie where you're like, you can't up. even get a workout in seven minutes. <laughs> we got to get a, 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 wampa, a wampa costume and do like a, a yoga video of a wampa doing yoga. And you'll have some cold yoga, right? Then you're going to get too hot. You don't understand yoga. <laughs> I don't understand yoga. I understand Yoda, though. Mm. He's in Star Wars. Hot and we're Yoda. a Star Wars podcast. Hot Remember Yoda. Hot Callus? Wait yeah. till you see Hot Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So, James, uh, what are we doing this week to kick off the show? I fear nothing for all this as the Force wills it. Well, we're doing Will of the Force this week, but before we get into it, I want to ask you guys to consider supporting us on Patreon. You can go over to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast and look at the tiers. They start at just 
two bucks a month, which is not bad. Uh, the support received from patrons makes it possible for us to do two weekly shows that are high quality and also create all the additional content like reaction shows, book discussions, streams, Mando fan show, really just about everything that we do over there uh, and on this channel. So uh, it also makes this possible to it makes it possible for us to grow for the future, plan for the future. So much stuff coming up that we are excited about. So if you, uh, so thank you to everyone. And if you want to go over there and take a look at all those tiers and stuff like that, that would be awesome. Thank you so much. Now, one of the things that you can do while you're over there is if you sign up for the $5 tier, if you want to be a patron of that level or above, you can start submitting questions and topics to be featured on the show which is what we're getting ready to do right now on Will of the Force. Let's get started. Uh, the first question is uh, a Patreon submission from one of our patrons, an Admiral, Admiral Araman, and they wanted to know, do you think Taika Waititi's Star Wars film will feature any Thor, uh, Ragnarok, or Love and Thunder actors, right? So it could be a couple different movies, but someone that he's bringing from Thor over into his new property. John, I'm starting with you on this one. What do you think? You're muted, muted? John. Keep what am that. I doing? Have I ever podcasted before? Jeez. <laughs> well, I don't, welcome I, to I, the I, show, John. So... Uh, it's nice to have <laughs> you. Well, the reason why we need Patreon support is so that I can just do this for a living because I had yeah. a hell of a day at work today. But, you need one of those automatic uh, buttons that just as soon as you start talking, it unmutes you. Yeah. Or for, for your guys' sake, maybe sometimes it automatically mutes me. Yeah. But uh, Admiral Armin, uh, great question. Um, I don't I don't think so. I, I really don't. I think it, there's going to be a conscious effort for Tycho to want to just uh, clean slate it. And while he's going to bring his flavor and, and all that stuff, and we'll get into that in, in the discussion, I think uh, actor-wise, he's, he's going to take uh make sure it's just this clean thing so it's not one of those things where he's pulling someone over um so that's just a hunch it's possibly does it and i don't think it'd be a bad thing necessarily uh it'd be cool seeing you know jeff goldblum in star wars of course um but I i'm gonna lean towards no for some reason and i don't really have a big reason it's just a hunch Lacey, thoughts on uh pulling from thor great question armin rojas love your name um I'm going to say yes, and the reason is because I have the biggest crush on Tessa Thompson, so I will take her in any movie that she's in, um, so I want to see her in Star Wars. So I'm going to say yes, because she's wonderful, she does action really well, everybody loves her, Valkyrie, she has a great sense of humor, yes. Did you um, see Creed? I have not seen Creed. I'm excited. <laughs> Uh, to see potentially, I think it would be a good fit, uh, Natalie Portman in a Star Wars movie. Uh, <laughs> I knew uh, someone was going to bring that up. <laughs> did you? Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, I'm going to go with no on this. Um, I'm a little bit more with John that I think, I, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm not like, uh, a Taika nut or anything, but as far as his movies, I don't think he tends to recast the same people over and over for different properties. I don't think he, um, 
creates that way. I think he has a really good time with the people that are on the film or whatever, but when he moves on to his next property, he considers it some some type of new entity. And I have a feeling that Star Wars is another thing that probably in the back of his head, he's like, oh, you know, I I want it to be like this. And I, I don't think hooking his friends up with jobs, which there's nothing wrong with that. Like we've seen that work in Star Wars and it's totally fine. But I, I kind of don't get the vibe that he is that type of person. I think he just gets along with people when he's working on that property and then he moves on to the next one. Um, similar to, say, like Jojo Rabbit or whatever. I don't think had yeah. many people carried over from the first Ragnarok. You know what I mean? It's just kind of a separate story altogether. So um, I'm going to go with no on that one, but uh, we'll see. I wouldn't mind seeing anybody cross over. I like all those actors and stuff. This next one is another patron submission from Commander Mark at where, Lacey? To kind of vacants. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Commander Mark wanted to know, will Sabine Wren end up with the Darksaber once and for all? Lacey, I'm bouncing back to you on this one. What do you think? Ooh, I'm assuming this is coming from the news that we talked about on Monday. Gotta well, be. not news, but sources that Sabine is showing up in Ahsoka. Sources. Sources. Um, what? <laughs> yeah. What? We both sources. went sources. <laughs> well, that's what it says. It says sources. No, I yeah. know. Um, I'm gonna go with yes. I think she will end up with it. Um, I think that's a good story, and I enjoy it. And I think you're making a great point here, Mark. So I'm gonna say yes. I think that would be fun. All right, John. What do you think? Nah. Where does it end? Nope. Nah. Yeah. Why so? No. Nope. Uh, I I I don't know. I, I don't know that they're going to take Sabine and make her uh, a forefront character. I, I, I think she's always going to remain sort of a supporting piece um, behind Ahsoka. Um, and you have the Mandalorian in the mix. I don't know. I mean, first of all, I, I think just it's talking cool. about the Darksaber, though. Yeah, I know. I, that, but that's a big deal. Uh, You're so, a big deal. I, that's right. I am a big deal. <laughs> I'm a bigger deal than Finn. <laughs> it was a big deal. They always find I'm out. I'm not. But <laughs> no, I, for some reason, I just don't think so. I, I don't know why. I don't know. It, it's going to come down to what type of role they have for her, assuming this, all these reports are true that she's going to be in the Ahsoka series. Um, it's it's Ahsoka's series for a reason. She's going to be the main one. So Sabine's going to be supporting character there. Where do they go with Sabine from that? Do they do a series uh, that she's involved in in a bigger way that's more focused on Mandalore? I don't know. Um, so, so I think the odds are stacked against her more than it being her being the one. Um, we talked a lot about, you know, Bo-Katan. Will Dindarn have it? Will it be destroyed? I think Lacey suggested. Um, so, and I like that. So I don't know. I'm going to say no. I'm just, I'm just, I don't know. Something about Sabine. I like her. I think she's cool and everything, but I don't know if they're going to go the whole mature route and, and, and uh, leader route with her. Mm-hmm. Um, in my opinion, you're wrong and you're right, John. Uh, <laughs> for, for the reason I think you're wrong is that Rebels in season three pushed Ezra into the backseat. Uh, and that season was absolutely Sabine's season and her whole trials of the dark saber and stepping up and being that person who owns this thing. 
was absolutely a reason why you could say that even though technically the show is Ahsoka, she can still be the forefront and be part of the the journey of how this thing plays out. That being sure. said, I think the same thing as I do about Bo-Katan, and that is both of these characters had their chance, had their opportunity with the saber at one point, and they dropped the ball or passed it on or did whatever. And I think it is much more of a compelling story about, you know, the Mandalorian be the one who ultimately takes the dark saber, uh, a, a character who right now currently has it in their possession. Um, somebody getting it back. I just don't see that being the case. Um, I feel like there's too much, exposition behind well you got to know this and this and this and it ultimately didn't really matter because she gave it up and then she gets it back and i don't know it just it, it gets messy and i i think that she's going to be totally cool with not having the pressure which i think is what fen rao said like um i bet she was really excited to find this thing and kanan says you wouldn't know it if you saw her he's like ah it's the pressure she doesn't want the responsibility of it so and all that makes sense so i just i don't see sabine being the one with the dark saber uh, moving on to the next question, another commander wanted to know, this one being um, Armando Ramirez. Armando asked, will Filoni show us a live-action Bendu in the Ahsoka series? So we, we might get, be getting Sabine Wren, but we might be getting Bendu, too. Lacey, what do you think? Oh, my gosh. Uh, I'm just thinking about how awesome this would be if they actually did this, but... I'm going to say no, they won't. Uh, I think it's going to be hard to explain to viewers, but that might just be a dumb explanation. I'm just going to go no. I've said yes so far. I got to throw one no in there. This gotcha. is my no, they won't. All right. Uh, not not strong ground to stand on, but just feeling that <laughs> no. they're not going to do it. Okay, <laughs> that's yeah. totally fine. I mean, it's all speculation, John. I wouldn't what? book it, but yeah. I would just go with it. <laughs> no books are involved in this <laughs> guess here. John, what do you think? Bendu. I'm going to say no. I don't know that this, because if, man, because they said, he said specifically the Ahsoka series. So this is, Armando, this is a very good question because it's very tough. It is. It totally is. I don't know that we're at the point in Ahsoka's life where this sort of question between the Force and what it should be mm -hmm. with the balance of light and dark is where Ahsoka needs to be right now. And I don't know that he's important to her story right now. And if it's a limited series, I just think, think that that's something that doesn't need to be there. So and and plus it'd be a hell of a thing to create, um, assuming they're going to do it with puppetry or I don't know what the hell all they would do. But I'm going to say Bendu's not showing up in Ahsoka. How about that? Um, real life for me is I'm with you guys. Uh, Bendu is not going to show up because I think you're probably right. There's maybe a little bit of explanation there, a little bit of kind of what I was saying before. I think like Bendu has his place in this story, and to bring him into the other one. Uh, I think it'd probably be more likely that they would create a new character that is of the same entity or species this is, which is, I believe, Force... Uh, it's not... Force Wielder? Is that correct? I can't remember the correct term 
for what Fendu is. Uh, but it would be more likely that we might get another creature that kind of exists like that. The reason I do hesitate a little bit, though, is that there is a um, an image that Dave Filoni drew of Bendu and Ahsoka together that really riled up fans to be like, these two interacted, and why didn't we get to see it? Uh, mm-hmm. And it could be something mm-hmm. that he just put in the back of his head that this was a an aspect of the show that I never got to bring up, but Ahsoka and everything that she's gone through interacting with this character, maybe the, maybe the show and the story that we're telling, uh, we can finally see that idea that I had in my head brought to fruition. But I don't know. Um, but I'm still going to land on they're not going to do it, but it, right. it is a good question. Yeah. So good one. Um, last one that we got here is from yet another commander. This one, Commander Danny, Semperfy Danny, that is. Hey, Danny. Um, <laughs> and Mark, too. Hey, her Mark. husband. Yeah, <laughs> wanted to know. So I think vicariously right. through Danny's Patreon subscription, <laughs> you know, uh, Mark is here with us and they wanted to know will the acolyte show the birth of Grogu? Could his parents be dark force wielders? John, you get to answer first on this what? one. Baby Grogu, dark force wielders. Uh, <laughs> Secrets only the Sith knew. Danny came for you on this one. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say no because of the process of developing programming. And I don't think Leslie Headland was locked in sync with John Favreau and Filoni and they're not tying up like she seems like she's coming from over here with her own ideas about this it was inspired by the Star Wars Atlas she said like nothing about her what she has said about her show to me says anything about that would be close to Grogu or anything that someone else was doing around this time in terms of developing a program so um, just from the logical standpoint of, of developing shows and that sort of thing, um, I know we we like our connectivity. We like seeing characters' origins. That's a very hot thing these days. But uh, I don't think there's a chance we're going to see the birth of Grogu here. I think they're going to keep that a mystery for at least a while. Um, and we'll probably find out what the deal was with him during the jedi temple massacre during order 66 before we get anything like finding out what the deal is with him and um his birth or his parents let alone that so uh and i think that sort of thing might bring us a little too much too too close to the origins of like yoda too as like a species and i don't know they want to tamper with that especially for someone who's doing their first star wars show so um i'm gonna say no good question though i like it Lacey, thoughts on grogu being in the acolyte this is a great question. I never even considered this, Danny and Mark. Um, I don't think that Grogu will be an acolyte because of a lot of the reasons that John said. I think they're just two different productions working together, but not like on separate timelines. Like I keep going to Loki, but like Loki, they're just like separately existing. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't help but think of like what Grogu would look like when he was born because... One of the things I noticed in the past few years is like porgs were super cute, but then if you saw their babies, they were not cute. They were kind of yeah, funny looking. Right, true. So I'm interested to see what Grogu would look like when he was a baby. Um, but baby, I baby think... Yoda. <laughs> I know. I mean, like even more of a baby. Like just <laughs> I know, I know. Black. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, the Force wielder, dark Force wielder's parents is so heartbreaking. So I hope that 
you know, he's had a lot of heartbreak in his life. I'm assuming that the only big traumatic event, hopefully, is Order 66, and I feel like that's enough, and he doesn't need more. Um, so I'm just going to say no. Hmm. So it, it's interesting, because when I saw this question, I had my initial thought, and neither of you touched on it, and it makes me wonder how off I am on this. But I'm kind of under the impression that Gogu, Grogu was not born. He was He's a strand cast, so he was grown or created. Oh, like a clone? Well, whatever we we talked about it last week. Whatever, <laughs> whatever the difference between clones and well, strand cast are. Well, because he was in the are. temple, though. I feel like the temple is they brought kids there. They didn't. Well, take they brought kids, right? four four sensitive beings who probably in this case too he didn't have any parents because he was mm. created. So oh, my my gosh. thought on this is that. I imagine that there's more to his origin than he was just born uh, and th- and having parents. I, I don't think parents and, and any sort of connection to the Force Wielder thing. I think this might just all kind of tend back to the dark side messing with things and creating these sure. creatures that have a potential M count, you know, that when they can hold those when they can hold the midichlorians and when they have that ability to attract the force, then they start raising the eyebrows of the empire. Uh, and that's probably why Grogu is so important to these people. Um, Interesting. So, yeah, that, that's kind of my thought on it is that he's a strand cast and that he wasn't ever born. So, Oh God, I hate that so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bad idea by the any stretch. Time, I think, John's I think... sitting there like, yeah. Well, I think it's no, I think it's a good idea, but it's just like <sighs> too much with the cloning. It's getting crazy. Dark science only the secrets of the Sith. Secrets only the Sith. I'd rather man. dark science boning secrets only the Sith instead of okay. dark science cloning. <laughs> All right. Uh that <laughs> is gonna wrap us. You're up such an on idiot. <laughs> Will the force this week. <laughs> Uh, put your put your answers in the comments if you guys have uh, a different take or, or something maybe that we didn't talk about. Throw that in the comments and give a thumbs up on this video because that stuff really helps when it comes to YouTube and try to figure out the thing. But if you're listening, just let us know on Twitter. Or if you're a patron, hey, head over to the episode and throw it in the comments. There's plenty of ways to get a hold of us. In most places, yeah. we're going to reply and respond and start a conversation with you. So do it. John, yeah. what's up next on the show? Uh, we have our discussion and we said what it was going to be. Why Taika Waititi is exactly who Star Wars needs. Maybe. We'll see. Obi-Wan once thought as you do. Um, so Star Wars started off as a replacement for George Lucas to channel his creativity in lieu of his inability to secure the rights to make a Flash Gordon movie inspired by campy adventure serials Buck Rogers Adventures, Star Wars was never meant to be taken as seriously as some fans have taken it over the years. The moral message was always there, yes, but it has always been a fun adventure story, never taking itself too seriously, just like Taika said. It is 2021, enter Taika Waititi. Let's talk about why he might be exactly who Star Wars needs right now for their next wave in movies. So... Uh, obviously, this idea for this discussion was spawned uh, a bit by the fact that he is uh, actively creating his script off of a story that is written. They wrote the story. Now they're putting 
the script together. Um, he is a, a fan favorite without question. And we touched on this on Monday. Is that the secret sauce to getting Star Wars fans to rally behind a movie? We've seen Star Wars fans all rally together for the most part around the show uh, with Bad Batch or The Mandalorian. Sometimes the movies seem like the ones that are getting people to butt heads. Is Taika the secret here because he's so beloved? And like Lacey said Monday, it's almost like he pokes the fun first so that other people don't get a chance to, eight mile style. Um, so Rumors. I'm going to throw the mic at you guys and uh, tell these people something they don't know about Taika. Go ahead, James. Um, yeah, I mean, we got into it a little bit, a uh, discussion of the differences between Taika and Ryan Johnson on Monday's episode. And I think that was kind of how I was approaching this, is that Taika, to me, is a director that I feel is capable of handling such a large franchise and being able to kind of jib jab poke fun play the funny card or whatever it is and people are going to laugh and be like ah it's okay that he because he does it but if you know another director came in and did those things or whatever it would be like that person doesn't understand star wars or they're missing the the whole idea of it he is uh, a voice that is refreshing that is likely going to be someone who's um someone that you're willing to listen to kind of like if somebody says go eat at that restaurant you'd be like ah it doesn't look good but if your friend was like dude come on let's go do it you're more likely to listen to your friend and be, all right you know you kind of swayed me in on this and i don't know if star wars has been stiff by any means but i definitely know that when yeah a movie like solo comes out and it's maybe not as star warsy as you think and it's people kind of categorize it as fun or something like that like it's fun it's just not really star wars or whatever you know <laughs> i think you need you need someone like taika to break down that mold and remind people that star wars is supposed to be fun you know and that's why i think like us being so involved in Star Wars for so long now, uh, you know, every week doing multiple episodes talking about every angle of Star Wars, we recognize that, which is why we like those movies, uh, like Solo, for instance. And when Taika Waititi was first announced, I, I said, "Man, I hope I hope that his movie is Solo too, because it just yeah. so perfectly fit that vibe uh, that I feel that Star Wars could be hungry for." Uh, something that's a little more fun, something that does actually, and I, this might, I don't know, it might strike a chord with some fans, but kind of bring in that Marvel angle of like, hey, we're, we're just go to the movies, enjoy the adventure, have fun, let it fill in with the canon in the story. Don't stress over it. Don't make it like your life. It's just supposed to be a great time. Have fun mm -hmm. with it. And I, I feel that... um if Marvel w was ever on that path of potentially getting too serious with like Thor dark world, they definitely fixed that when they brought in Taika and maybe there's an angle to that, that star Wars is going, we need someone to come in here and kind of shake things up and bring in a, a positive spin on having yeah. fun, going to the movies, smiling, feeling like you got something worthwhile when you walked out of that theater. Cause you're still laughing at, 
that Matt Damon cameo or whatever. <laughs> and it, it doesn't need to be that serious. That so was, it's funny you brought that up, James, because that is my exact kind of number one reason, I think, for Taika outside of just being an overall fan of Ragnarok, like to the extreme. But mm -hmm. is that when you look at Star Wars right now, whether you like TFA or The Last Jedi or Rogue One or whatever, The Rise of Skywalker, there are fans that like and dislike everything. But there was a lot of backlash with both. The Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker, no matter what side you're on. There was a lot of like, oh, I don't like this. I like this, whatever. That was very much the same with Dark World. Like, people did not like that movie. <laughs> I, I'm one of them. Like, it was just like, didn't really do it for me. It didn't feel like Marvel, which is funny because we say, like, don't say that about Star Wars. But it was very similar. It's like it, it didn't have what you were kind of talking on, James, which is like that fun, let's go to the movies, have a good time. It's a superhero movie at the end of the day. Yeah. Like, <laughs> boil it down. That's what it is. Um, and I feel like a lot of people felt that way. And I'm sure there's a ton of people that have gone more in depth on Dark World and why it works or doesn't work. But I think that that's one of the big reasons why Taika, for me, is such a good choice. Because he's coming into a franchise that you have people that are on polar opposites of different movies of yes and no, whatever. Um, and he took... Thor and made it one Ragnarok and made it one of the best Marvel movies coming off of Dark World. So I feel like, like you said, James, he is a great choice. He's going to come in. He's a Star Wars fan himself. He has a great sense of humor. He loves those heartwarming beats that will bring it back to what the overall story is. While also what John said previously, I know on Monday he said it, but he said it more than once. Um, is that it, he doesn't want it to take it too seriously. And I think that as fans, yeah. we're guilty of this a lot. And I think Tyke is going to be like, guys, don't take... Like, from the moment of getting announced, like I brought up on Monday, he said, great, I can't wait to, <laughs> to mess up your favorite franchise or, like, ruin right. your... Like, that is hilarious to me because he's acknowledging what people are going to say before they can say it, which is what John had said. Like, he's saying, yeah, I know you, you already have your bias against me, I don't care. I'm not taking this seriously in the way that you are. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to do this. I'm going to make the movie that I want to make. And right. to me, there's something really, like like James just said, like refreshing <clears throat> about it. Interesting. Exciting. And that's why him and Patty were my two choices for directors, because I feel like they'll both bring those things to Star Wars. Yeah, it's, you know, there's a certain thing that um, cert like some fans don't like being um patronized and mm. and and having things like having their face shoved in things like this is so just so you get this message like i'm really gonna jam your face in it and by his own admission taika seems to like walk that line and 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 know the balance between um having messages in his films um but also you know doing it in a way that it's not pretentious and uh, I think fans appreciate that. And it mocks itself a little bit where you're like, yeah, you should be really concerned and serious and care about this, but yeah, you really so, shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's kind of like, you know, when George Lucas always like talked about Star Wars uh, and how he made it for kids who are coming of age and you have that sort of like fear of, you know, what being adult is like and learning responsibilities and having that moral decision to make on what type of person you're going to be. Uh, there's 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 something very 
important for that. But at the same time, you watch A New Hope and it's like, it's ridiculous. Like it's mm-hmm. cr- like crazy that what he made. And now we look at it and we're like, oh, it's one of the greatest movies of all time. But yeah. like, I think when it Genius. came out, pe- people are like, <laughs> people are like, this is insanity. Like, what is this? <laughs> but all through that movie, you're seeing this kid grow up and make these choices and become the hero. But it's not like shoved in your face. Uh, it, it, you, you see it and you go on the ride with him. And I think like Taika gets that. And again, that, you know, that gallery line that, that we gushed over, like uh, I brought up on Monday, like he said, he thinks Star Wars doesn't take itself too seriously, but it believes in itself. And I like, I love that so, so, so much because it's like so brilliantly put because it's what a Star Wars fan wants to hear because we are always rooting for Star Wars to be great. Uh, but at the same time, I like the fact that there's someone here making a Star Wars movie who understands that like we can't take it too seriously. And I don't mean take it too seriously like I love Star Wars. Look at my background. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what, I, what I mean is like they better have those two characters kiss or they better have that character not die or they better not do this to my character. It's like, no, like that's not how this works. Like these, these are, these are fun movies that yes, they do have a message. There are themes of course, because that's called storytelling. But at the same time, this is supposed to be a space Western, a space adventure uh, because George Lucas couldn't make a friggin' Flash Gordon movie. So you need to walk like there's a balance there. And he seems to really understand that balance. And I'm very excited because, you know, we we did already see Taika Waititi direct Star Wars in The Mandalorian. And he did a great job. And that episode started off very funny, Mm -hmm. but also like, what did he just do? Mm -hmm. But then by the end of that episode, you're like, wow, look what he did to really bring this home and have all his responsibility to have all those characters that the Mandalorian met along the way kind of all blend into each other and and cross paths and come together. And you left that season uh, just really just being jaw dropped at, at what, what he did. Uh, so I think just all you have to do is look at the Mandalorian and see how we play that balance of the humor, the fun, uh, but also just like the, the relationships between the characters. And he really got it. And I understand he didn't write that, but he still directed it and brought it home. And that's really important. So the fact that he um, understands all of that and, and is going to be writing a, the Star Wars movie now and also directing it, he gets to put his voice to his vision. It's it's very, very exciting. And I think him being a breath of fresh air in, in this weird space where fans feel so possessive over Star Wars and, you know, you better do the things the way I want it to be done. And there's fans of all different shapes and sizes who feel that way. I'm not saying it's, you know, th- these fans or these fans. Even sometimes, you know, us are like, man, I wish they did that or so. It's just kind of like, don't worry so much. Like life is tough. Life can be can really beat you down sometimes. And this is supposed to be your joy in life. And I think he's going to help remind people that. And I think that we'll, where we'll really understand that is maybe when we see bits and pieces of them making this movie and we'll see like screenshots or like little clips of them having fun on set or whatever. We'll see a cool costume and be like, what is this? But I think in the promotion of this movie, Taika doing the press tour and bringing his cast out, whoever that is. And we're going to be able to speak on this more when we know more about the details of this. But this conversation is mainly based on him as a creator and who he is as, as a personality. That's going to be a hell of a ride. And I can't wait to see him go on that journey and give us this movie because now he's fully 
I know Christy Wilson Carnes is co-writing this with him. I'm not trying to take that away from her, but he's he's got all the full both hands on the reins for directing and writing this thing, and it's just uh, I do think he's the exactly what Star Wars needs for the theatrical side of things to kind of hit the reset button, give us a little uh, freshness, and uh, and and take us on this journey. And I I do realize we have um, Patty Jenkins creating Rogue Squadron. I think that's kind of like its own isolated thing. Sure. Um, but. It just I'm has very, a different vibe than his movie from like the logo to, yeah. <laughs> to who's yeah. directing it. You just get a different vibe. I feel like hers is going to be more like an action sort yes. of. Yeah, Top Gunny. Yeah. It, it, it looks yeah. like straight Star Wars Top well, Gun. I mean, the logo looks like. looks like an unused logo from the uh, never used uh, Star Wars Flintstones crossover. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, it looks, like of, yeah. it looks like School of yeah. Rock, honestly. Yeah. That's it, what it does, looks like very to me. School of Rock. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I think the immediate reaction for me, and I think a lot of fans, is that, oh, it's going to be quirky and funny. And I think that's the first thing I jump to because that's what I remember most from Ragnarok because personally, I love comedy. I love laughing. I love having a good time. That's what I jump to. But I think what I kind of missed mentioning, which John, you did bring up, which is, uh, Taika does really good with hero moments. And that's something that really shined through with Thor Ragnarok is the moment where Thor's coming down from the sky with all the lightning and he just takes on everybody. Mm-hmm. And the moment in the beginning of the movie where he takes on all these guys. And then with the Mandalorian where uh, IG-88 sacrifices himself. Like he's very good at these heroic beats and moments. And that's what you expect from a Star Wars movie is that moment where the hero decides to do the right thing for everybody else um and and saves the day and that's mm-hmm. i i don't know about you guys but that's what i like in a star wars movie is when the oh. person at the end does the right thing and you're like yeah and you get to stand up and cheer that they're uh doing what they do which ultimately went the other way with rogue one because we did that with darth vader who was doing the wrong thing but it's still that kind of moment where you're like all right yes like this yeah. person's taking control and i think taika does that really well as well yeah, yeah. It, that's an interesting point with the with what it, what he did with Ragnarok specifically because when I think of Ragnarok, I think of it as like a bold tone, right? Uh, of of humor that was heavy, everything about it colors it was look, heavily yeah. humor, yeah, and, and the colors and all that too is another good example. But I will say there's an aspect of Ragnarok that people often forget about, and that is the coolness of it. Like he took. Like, oh, it's gonna be retro, and people are like, retro, like that. I don't, mm-hmm, I don't know that that mm-hmm. vibes. But then they are missing the aspect of retro that is cool, and that is something like the Led Zeppelin song that was just when, Immigrant like, you're song, like, oh, yeah. we're gonna put Led Zeppelin in, um, <laughs> in Marvel or whatever. It, it seemed a little odd, but then when you see it, for some reason, they made his like landing and he's standing up or whatever, and it was cool or like the beginning. They use the song as well, and in the trailers and stuff, that that song kind of led as this like, oh, it's retro and it's seventies vibeish, but right. something about it is is cool. And I think that's something that that Star Wars. I think you put it well when you describe that as a hero moment. He manages to take a, a moment out of something and and make it really surprising, which even he did. John, you've mentioned that line a couple times uh, that he said during the gallery. Everything yeah. that was coming out of his mouth before that was really jokey and everybody was laughing because Taika was there and it was funny. But then right, all of right. a sudden, just like his interview recently, he did where he said, I I will make something and then at the uh, twist and turn, I'll get you to feel something. 
Uh, and that is, he dropped that line in the gallery and everybody was like, I did not expect that out of Taika. That's right. Very... Like with the Valkyrie, she shows up drunk and then she has this really dark story that you're like just mm -hmm. rooting for her to come back and do the right thing and be the hero. It's very, yeah. yeah. It it has such weight behind it that you're, you were surprised that, you know, someone as lighthearted and as jokey as him can, can bring that emotional heaviness. And I, I think that again, that's another thing that, uh, that, star wars could use right now specifically from him uh, another, right. just another fun like example of of him take not taking things too seriously for the better um there's a very famous clip of him he was uh, nominated for uh best director of like a short live action film or something this mm -hmm. was like this was a couple years ago and as they were going down the line they had them all lined up on the end row <laughs> So going yeah. down the line, they'd be like, this person for this film, and he would kind of wave or whatever, and then they moved to the next one, and it was this lady, and she's like, hi, you know, I'm the person. They were just going through. <laughs> when they got to him, they pulled to him. He was, like, asleep. Like, he, <laughs> he faked being asleep, and then he, they're like, Taika Waititi for it, and he, like, wakes up, and he's like, he acts like he doesn't know where he is or something. And clearly all, like, fake, but it Felt right very spontaneous where like he didn't plan that he's like he's like oh they're getting ready to put the camera on me i'm gonna you know or whatever he's like that, knocking himself down a little bit like his ego being like oh i got nominated but let me bring this down did yeah. he and it a doesn't bottle matter. of something at the oscars and he put it under his seat or something like that he had like a bottle of wine or whatever <laughs> yeah I it, what it's it like it, it's it's funny because he brings the golden globes vibe to the oscars <laughs> yeah 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 and everybody's like oh i don't i mean the oscars are what they are star wars is what it is uh but most people enjoy watching the entertainment of you know the the more quirky so golden globes although not this year <laughs> james that was All right. the short film he was nominated not for an oscar was 2004 two cars one night mm -hmm. he wrote and directed that i haven't seen that uh, it's a you know obviously a New Zealand short film that he did, but that was you know 17 years ago. Uh, so he's been you know highly acclaimed for a long time, and you know a lot of us didn't really get to know him until he went into the mainstream, uh, including myself. So I watched a TED Talks episode that just kind of came up in my YouTube feed, and it was with Taika Waititi on directing or whatever. And I was watching it, and I was like, oh man, when when did this air? And I looked at it, and it was like 2005. Wow. I was like, holy cow, man. Like, this is, yeah. you go back that far before, I mean, not that he wasn't popular or famous. Obviously, he was involved and was asked to do this TED Talk because of his popularity. Sure. But him, the way he's presenting it, like, uh, the first thing you want to do is get over your fear. I like to start with a joke. And then he like tells a very <laughs> obvious, terrible joke. And he's like, that clearly didn't land at all. And so go ahead and scratch that first thing that didn't work and just made it worse. Right. You know, he, he knew exactly what he was going to do in this whole presentation. Um, planned out. Very funny. Um, yeah. Bre breath of fresh air, I think, might be another term to use uh, that we all might enjoy. And it's a lot too, of his work, I'm, now. I'm just looking at it like a lot of it is, you know, highly acclaimed. Uh, he like there hasn't been a lot of things where it's like, wow, Taika Waititi really had a stinker on that one. So, like his his the movie just, Boy, 
Yeah, uh, I, I just don't see him going in and making a Star Wars movie where everybody dies and it's super depressing. And that alone to me is like a win in my book it, that I yeah. know yeah, sure. that I know is going to be somewhat of a happy ending and or an ending that you're you're cheering or satisfied. Um, because I, I, as a Star Wars fan, I've gotten this deep fear, and I'm sure some people feel this way too. That every time you meet a character in Star Wars, you're like, this person's gonna die soon. And I hate <laughs> feeling that. And I feel like you need to be a bigger Ahsoka fan. <laughs> I really do. I'm getting there. Though. Every time I people really think am. she's well, gonna that's, die, that, that's why she's gonna die now. Yeah. Oh, don't say that. I'm. I've gotten on. I mean, that, she's that a force thing. ghost in Episode Nine. Let's do the math. I I know, but anyway, so I just feel like Tyke is going to come in and write something that even if someone does die early on or maybe in the middle of the film, eventually at the end, I'll leave smiling, which I I did with Ragnarok. And that alone is so important to me because life just sucks sometimes. And all you want to do is watch a movie and leave feeling good. And I feel like more than not, a lot of movies nowadays are really depressing. And I'm like, I just want a fun movie. And that's why I love Marvel movies and Marvel shows. And because, you know, usually the good guy wins. Yeah, that's why I try to stay away from those movies where people have like a dog. I'm like, I'm not watching the end. (laughs) The dog. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, I remember watching like Turner and Hooch as a kid. I'm like, Tom Hanks and he's got a dog. That's cool. And then I'm like, oh, no. When they had to put down (laughs) Air Bud, I was like, so sad no, oh my god just, james no that, that didn't happen that's not i oh. know i know it didn't happen i know uh, Aaron bud no he you know he's he's definitely gonna put his his own mark on this thing whatever it is uh it's not gonna be one of those things where it's um any kind of regurgitation um of something that's happened mm-hmm. but I, i'm just i'm very excited to find out like the bones of it like okay so when you know, people have alluded to, you know, the Jedi logos or something he may have teased or like, mm-hmm. and there's, there's a certain um, archaic look to the logo. Does that mean it's like a very primitive time or mm-hmm. in the galaxy or something? So I'm very curious to just to find you out when this thing. A long time ago in a galaxy. A longer, right? So <laughs> ma- imagine his crawl. Ma- imagine his crawl. Like that'll the probably upset people. Time ago. His crawl says <laughs> a longer time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Like, we may be getting a weird Star Wars, like a weirder Star it. Wars movie. Yeah, weird Star I, Wars is what got now, me into Star Wars. Like, droids, here's what you have to do with here's what, here, here's what we as fans have to do with with Taika Waititi Star Wars, like going into it is <laughs> let go, like Yoda says, let go to everything you you thought you How knew. About Kylo Ren, let and go. Yoda's better than Kylo Ren. <laughs> um, and, and just go and experience the whole thing with as open mind as you possibly can without hanging on to uh, the traditions or, or whatever. And then I think people will enjoy it a lot more. And I think it I, I really think it's going to be one of those like fresh starts for Star Wars. Well, and at the same time, he's smart enough to know that it's still Star Wars and he'll 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 keep it, you know, tied to uh, what Star Wars is all about. So I I have a question for you too. I'm going to bounce this back and just get your thoughts because I think we're generally on the same page here that, you know, the breath of fresh air and uh, a little bit of quirky and humor and stuff like that. It's a little bit different of a Star Wars than we're used to. Could be a good thing. How do you think that fits in in the same structure as Kathleen Kennedy saying to Benioff, or not Benioff and Wise, uh, Lord Miller, this, this is not the correct tone. This is not the right solo. That's Han Solo. Uh, well, that yeah, that and also we, I feel like we still don't know exactly what happened 
Um, it's a lot of hearsay and a lot mm-hmm. of that telephone game. Again, I it's mean, Han Solo, though. I feel like it's because they were being a certain way with Han Solo and they got very protective of that specific character. It's different when it's completely new people that he came up with. Also, That's a, good point. There, a, a lot yeah. of the stuff Lord Miller did did still end up in the movie. It's just True. I don't think I don't think they liked maybe how they were approaching um, the dialogue or the script. And I think the, like, like you there don't was improv Lawrence Kasdan. That was the thing. I think <laughs> multiple reports were saying that they were going off off page. And yeah, it's that I think that's a, that's like, a, a little ah, strange. Please don't do that. My like I, I don't think you bring Lawrence Kasdan in to write a Star Wars movie and then have um, very innovative mm-hmm. uh uh on the spot type of yeah. directors like those guys like that's i think that was a clash and that might have been a mistake in the in the pairing there yeah mm-hmm. t- the the reason i bring that up is because for all accounts like i i know what you guys are saying that they were going off script and stuff but i think that the general consensus to me has always been that lord and miller were kind of going a little Too more funny. wacky yeah. and a little more out there and it was kind of going to be a little bit of a different uh, loose Star Wars, and that wasn't really matching up with the tone of what they kind of consider Star Wars to be. Now, I still think it fell into that category. Like we started this with Star Wars uh, Solo, it was fun. Um, but I think a lot of fans would be still okay with the Lord Miller cut. Like, I want to see that. I want to go wacky. I want to see a little bit of the outside. I was curious if maybe there's a little bit of an angle of. I don't want to say regret, but like correction on that part. But I think I think you're probably the most right on that, Lacey, that it has more to do with the fact that it was Han Solo and Lawrence Kasdan. Um, yeah. Whereas then it does have to do with saying, the, yeah. the overall, this is Star Wars, this is the tone, it has to be this way sort of um, but stance. to your kind of thought process there, the fact that he's bringing in that woman from 1917, 1917 isn't a quirky, fun movie. So I wonder if he did team up with her, not only because she's very talented and wonderful, but because he needs someone to bring that quirkiness and weird and funny down a little bit. And I wonder if that could be stemming from conversations being like, this is all great, but like, it's got to make sure it matches the tone. And that's why you'd bring someone in that might be like, oh, well... What if this moment went like this instead? Yeah. To your defense mm. of like maybe it is he they don't want it too jokey. Yeah. I mean it could just be as simple as like you write, you do a good story, make it serious, make it great, and I will add the levity when I feel Quips, it's necessary. Yeah. Right. I don't know. Because I mean Jojo Rabbit, yeah, while it's funny, it it uh won an Oscar for best adapted screenplay so sure sure but i'm just saying because when studios are involved we all know studios have hands and things and people have opinions and stuff like that so just on paper if you say oh tyke is doing a star wars and someone goes oh that might be too you know comical and then they're like oh well he's writing with someone that wrote 1917 they're like oh okay Mm. you know what i mean like not that he's not talented and he can't do it as on his own but it it's always good to have people that balance you out yeah, and she's, I mean, her her next movie that, I don't know if it's out yet, but she, uh, it's coming out in October. She co-wrote a psychological horror movie with Edgar Wright. Is that The Last Night in Soho? Oh my God, that yeah. movie looks so good. Yeah, she, I mean, she co-wrote it with him. That movie looks so, have you seen the trailer? It looks so no, good. No, no. 
But it's it has got a, a Anya Taylor Joy. Oh, Madonna me. <laughs> what did he like just Queen's say? Gambit. Madonna oh me. Oh my god. Um. Anyway. Uh. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point, Lacey. You're right. But I. I. I still think Taika's the lead here in terms of oh of course writing, he can do so. it on his own i'm yeah. just saying it's always nice to have other people on your team yeah it, yeah you're right I, I agree with that and you know the collaborative nature of the force awakens worked well for jj with having lawrence kaz in there yes. and maybe yep. that same dichotomy could kind of work and they went to george um, right isn't that what tfa they did go to george i don't well i don't know that they went to him i uh, i mean maybe, maybe talk to him a little bit yeah, maybe. Yeah, because I think I mean, it was like I've, a light conversation. And can I get your blessing on some of these ideas? Uh, yeah, think? I couldn't remember. I'm getting them all mixed up. All the, the movies, I mean, all the behind the, the scenes. The, the spirit, the spirit of of why I wanted to pitch this is is just the fact I think that fans like he just seems like it's like the right guy at the right time, the right person at the right time, whatever you sure, want to say. Sure. Just because the bubble like he has was to with burst. Marvel. Yeah, and the, the 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 bubble has to burst at some point with fans where it just gets so contentious and so just possessive and so like I I'm right, you're wrong, and this is how Star Wars is, and no, this is how Star Wars is, where it's just like we need someone like this, like everybody just relax. Like, even even the argument that like what fan you go on reddit it's like what fan base is extremely toxic it's like every one of those fan bases are like mine mine yeah, exactly. is the worst <laughs> right. yeah. yeah exactly <laughs> oh man well i i mean i don't have anything else i don't know if you guys do but we can move on if you guys are feeling good about this i'm good I love Taika. Can't wait. Yeah. So let us know what you think. Uh, are you a Taika Watiti fan? Uh, how much of his work have you seen? Obviously, if you're listening to this, you probably saw his work on The Mandalorian, let alone probably a bunch of other stuff. But uh, let us know what you think about this. Is Taika Watiti exactly what this franchise needs from a multitude of perspectives, where, from the fan perspective, from just the creative perspective, and of course, the big theatrical film angle as we enter our new era of star wars films with rogue squadron followed up by his and who knows what else is coming down uh from lucasfilm on the theatrical film side but what we have next coming down here and yeah obviously leave a comment and all that stuff we appreciate that hit us up let us know quote tweet the episode on twitter with your thoughts too um but now what we have next is uh a little twist on a segment uh in terms of tone I love how we're going from Taika to, to Resistance Transmissions with Lacey. So Funky let's do tone. Yeah. All right, guys, it's time for Resistance Transmissions. <laughs> so this is a segment where John puts up a crazy, wacky situation on Twitter at nice. R-B-A-T-S-W-N-N. Yep. Uh, I heard James say sometimes, so I'm assuming this isn't a crazy, wacky situation. <laughs> um... And you guys give your answers when we read them on the show. So from the tone that I'm getting from both of them, this isn't crazy or wacky. So, or a situation. Or a situation. Uh, all right. So the scenario is, if you were in charge of casting at Lucasfilm, who would you cast to play Sabine Wren in live action? Before we get started, there were a lot of Tia Sakar replies, which we support, but we can't read them all. Well, that was like more of a note to me. You're welcome. <laughs> no, I was a no-, no, that was a note to them. Oh. That there's a lot, like, mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, what are the What are the ones that you always get? It's usually like sand. If it's an Anakin question, or yeah, yeah, uh, some some of them faster, definitely more have. intense. Yeah, there's yeah, it's like poetry. It rhymes. Like you're yes. just never getting on the show. I apologize. <laughs> All right. First up is Lucas at Star Wars. Lou 67 what up Lucas Lucas said Tia Sakar I think they should really give the voice actors a chance nice so he must been you are the chosen one he was the chosen yeah Yeah. all right next is Mark at the kind of vacants he makes his appearance again they said they should put Gemma Chan in the MCU or they put her in the MCU twice at least put her in Star Wars once a hundred percent I love her yes yes please where is she twice in Marvel she plays one of the aliens in Captain Marvel, and then she plays oh, uh, really? one of the Eternals. In I the knew she Eternals. was Eternals, but I didn't know she was yeah. an alien. One of the green mm. people that like hang out with Captain Marvel. She was in Transformers, too, one of them. She's great. She's so yeah. wonderful. Uh, next is Mike Rumor at... Uh, is it Rumore? I always do this. I think it's Rumore. Oh, sounds so wonderful. Uh, at Drum Jedi. That's what up, Rumore. Mike? <laughs> Mike said, I would love to see Grace Park in Star Wars. I think she would do an awesome job like she did on BSG. Battlestar Galactica, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Next is Vanessa Fontaine. Hey, Vanessa. At Nessa Face 04. Oh, I like that. Uh, I vote after Tia, of course. Uh, for Jessica Henwick from Iron Fist, mm. she has been the fighting skills and is a great actress. I think you also mean TFA. She was an X-Wing pilot in which, TFA. Which, yeah, yeah, that's She right. was Jessica Pava. Yeah. Uh, she's also wonderful. So, yes, I agree with that. Uh, next is Louis Lab Scrabber <laughs> Bonilla. Bonilla. Is it Bonilla? Are you sure it's Bonilla? Yeah. How do you know? Are you Louis? a baseball player, Bobby Bonilla. Oh. Who famously is being paid for the by the Mets a million dollars a year for the next like thirty years? That was his contract. That's and he's re- been retired for like fifteen years. Lewis, do you know that guy? Do you have anybody? <laughs> uh, at a wandering Jedi, nice. That's probably Luis too. I would imagine. Luis, uh, Luis said, "My alternate choice is Ritu Ara, Aria. She was in season two of the Umbrella Academy. Umbrella, Umbrella yep. Academy." Mm-hmm. Is yep. it Umbrella Academy Umbrella? Isn't it just Umbrella Academy? Oh, I don't know. is that what you're questioning? The Umbrella Academy Umbrella? Yeah. Oh, oh what, no. no. You know what I bet happened? I it bet was that was an emoji, emoji an umbrella. <laughs> my oh. bad. That's my fault. My bad. <laughs> okay. I, I actually, I took it like she was in <clears throat> season two of the Umbrella Academy, like she was part of the umbrella yeah. that is that production <laughs> yeah. or whatever. Well, I have to. I haven't seen that show, but I'll definitely check that out. Sounds cool. Uh, then seriously, Star Wars at seriously underscore Star Wars. What up? Seriously, uh, said as a great as great as Tia Sakar would be playing Sabine. I think Lana Condor would be a good choice. Ooh, that is an interesting choice. Hmm. Like that. Uh, next is Craig at X Wing X Wing. What up, Craig? Craig said, "If it's not, I love how everyone's saying, if it's not Tia, yeah." <laughs> If it's not Tia, maybe uh, Dishlad Vadsaria. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I messed up that name. Uh, she's in Cloak and Dagger and could maybe pull off some of Sabine's mannerisms and haunted past. I could picture her with pink white hair, a paint can, and a thermal detonator. <laughs> nice. There you go. Oh my God. Are you serious? <laughs> and last but not least is John Hoey. Oh! Johnny Hoey. 
Way to get my handle. I think this is the first time you've ever done this amazingly. Yeah. Uh, who said, Steve Buscemi. <laughs> you, were the, you were the worst. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much. I'm so sorry that happened. All the people I got left out so John could put himself in. The- <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you want to be on the show, make sure to follow us on Twitter at R-B-A-T-S-W-N-N. And now back to John. All right. Uh... Thank you to everybody for listening and watching, being a part of TRB. Appreciate it very, very much. Uh, make sure you are subscribed to your preferred podcast platform and, of course, youtube.com slash Star Wars News Net videos uh, twice a week, everybody, Mondays and Thursdays. Um, and then I'm sure we're going to be getting into the Boba Fett stuff, uh, whether we still call it the Mando Fan Show, who knows, but... We're going to be doing more as things heat up and more content comes out. So make sure you are subscribed uh, where you love to get your TRB. Um, Before we move on with the outro here, I do want to say a special thank you. We've been talking about Patreon all day here because the support is a big deal. Like James said at the top, and we have to say a special thank you to our generals and spice runners. And our generals are Carmelo, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, John Reese, Jetta Rosewater, Paul Olson, Jake Houchins, Oliver Lewis, Frank Grande, Haz Islam, Joe Ritchie, Darth Hurricane, John Charlton, Nick Kratz, Christian Morales, Brian Smith, and Val Trichkoff. And our Spice Runners, David Probus, Neil Shaw, Double C Chris, Kendall Gellner, Ryan Wara, Dave Hornack, and Micah Harrison. Thank you all for your support and all of our patrons. Uh, you're the best. StarWarsNewsNet.com for all of your Star Wars news, reviews, editorials, information, and more. Uh, store.resistancebroadcast.com. That's the one. Nailed it. And you, <laughs> Gotta make you can find me. Chart. Yes. You can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey, writing editing at StarWarsNewsNet.com, and my movie podcast, Just Like the Movies, also on your favorite podcast apps. Lacey. We are five days away from seeing Mark Hamill back as Luke Skywalker. Ooh. Is that right? Yes. Dang. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram where I will be patiently waiting for it at Lacey Gillerin. Six days away. I don't count the day that it happens on because it's happening. Ooh. I like right? that. So we're not I'm, away from that. It's That's the day it's happening. Maybe I'll add that approach to my future countdowns. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sounds uh, fun. <laughs> uh, who, who's next? James? James. Uh, the only other person on this show. You can find me at babyyoda.com. No. Uh, Baby Baby Yoda. <laughs> yeah. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Myra Trunks. All right. Follow we hope there. everyone has a wonderful weekend. Uh, be safe out there shopping for back to school. James look, sounds like he had a, a really tough time. So, Got my um, as always, we'll be back with you on Monday morning with another episode right here on the Resistance Broadcast. We'll see you around, kids. <laughs>